So last week I preached a bit on the various false gospels that many churches teach where it's the center and the focus is your wellness, your destiny, your potential. And so instead of focusing it purely on the work of Christ and what he does for his people, they try and focus it on what you can get out of it. And we are beneficiaries, right? I mean, he saved us and it's a wonderful salvation. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. So he's, we are beneficiaries. But that's not the focus. The focus is that we can't be rooted in our identity in Christ and, and rooted in what we get from Christ. We're rooted in him. And we enjoy him. And as we enjoy him, we enjoy the benefits of life with him. And so we just looked at that and making sure we get the balance the, and the emphasis on the right place. Because it's, it's a true reality for us, but if we emphasis on the wrong place, it can lead us astray. So I'm going to carry on and do a second part on that. And we're going to look at something else this morning. We're going to speak about the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. And um, there was a couple of words that came out that... that um, I'm read a beautiful picture of um, just a family getting together around Christmas and there's gifts under the tree. And um, normally there's grandparents and the parents and the children. And, and normally the grandparents and the parents sit more back and the kids enjoy opening up the gifts and they enjoy the moment. And somehow the older people are a bit more lazy, sluggish, settled. And she really felt that God is wanting to wake up those that's been serving God for years. That we would enjoy the gifts again. And so I'm trusting for a dusting off and a waking up this morning. Amen. <laughs> so um, a quick testimony. Um, I, I felt the Lord lay this on my heart as a, as a testimony, and I think it will speak to some. But also it's a beautiful illustration of what I think the case is with many Christians these days. Um, so a couple of years ago, I didn't have a mountain bike, and a lot of my friends had mountain bikes, and they were enjoying the trails around here. And so Lizaldi asked me this question the one night, don't you, don't you want a bicycle? Couldn't afford a bicycle at that stage. So it wasn't even in my thinking. So it wasn't something I considered. And so she said, let's trust God for a bike for you. So I said, look, at this stage, there's so many other things I'm wanting to trust God for. That's got low on the list. So, so let's not go there, you know. I'm not... The list has got, I think what I'll do one day when our kids are through university and we've got money again, then I'll get myself a bike. And I'll be one of those George Clooney lookalikes that tackle the trails on my bike. So that was the dream. That was the, that was the plan. <laughs> and so um, she said, no, I'm going to trust God for a bike for you. So I'm like, okay, you can, but really I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of other stuff. But if you want to ask God for it, I'm not going to say anything about it. That's about November the one year. The next year on my birthday, um, we had an eldest meeting the day before, and um, I was feeling under the weather, and uh, we we're going to go fly out to Joburg, to Benoni, to the Cartney Church there, and um, so we were getting things ready, and it was just a crazy time, not feeling well. People were asking what I'm going to do for my birthday. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do anything. I actually just want to rest and get my body sorted for the trip. So no plans for the birthday. Unbeknown to me, God wakes up someone that evening and said, you need a bike, Kevin, a bike. I get a call. Don't you want to come over for dinner at our place? Um, just want to celebrate your birthday with you. I'm like, no, I really tell the people I'm, I'm, I'm not keen. I want to stay home. I just want to rest. I don't feel like it. 
And so the people phoned back and said, no, please come. Please come. Um, even if you literally eat and go, we just want to bless you with a meal. And so I went and we agreed and, and went for the meal. And um, we had a lovely meal with the people. And the next moment, some of the elders rocked up. And I'm like, okay, it's probably, I'm feeling a bit sick and they're coming to prayer. And a Josh in birthday, you don't gather without some prayer on your birthday, right? So I'm like, okay, cool, that's just a normal progression. They've come to quickly pray for me. So we go into this one room where we normally meet. And I can like turn around ready for prayer, you know, almost like take the prayer position. Um, so I go in and all of them are just like looking at me and I'm like, <laughs> this is getting weird. What's going on? And I look, there's a bike and a helmet and everything. And I'm like, and they're like, and, um, and so they blessed me with a bicycle, something far more than what I would have been able to afford, even if we tried to. Amazing. So afterwards, I tell Ezelda, did you tell anyone this? You know? Did you share? She says, like, no, we only had this prayer in the car. I said, did you pray about it? She's like, yeah, probably like twice in the three months. We didn't tell anyone about that conversation. I never told anyone that's something I would like to have because it was so low on my list. But God heard. God heard. God heard. And I want to share with you that we serve a supernatural God and a God that's able and a God that's alive and a God that hears. And although this is not part of the sermon, I want to encourage you. Some of you are praying about stuff and you're thinking, is God hearing? God hears. Even little details, even conversations that you and your kids or you and your spouse have, God is aware of that. God is aware of that. So yeah, so no one knew and God provided. I was blown away by the goodness of God. It was a special gift for me because it's something where God showed me that he hears, that he's in certain detail, and he just wanted to lavish on me. And so this is a wonderful gift. God gave me. I enjoyed it for that year and a half. Um, thereafter, the other day I walked in the garage and I walked past the bicycle. And for a while now, I've just been standing there gathering dust. Wonderful gift from God. I'm just standing, gathering dust. And I felt the Lord tell me that's a picture of many in the church that receive gifts. They're just standing there, gathering dust. That gift needs to be used. I can get the benefit of the gift when I use it, not just when I store it. The, the benefit of the gift is not there when it's stored, it's when it's used. And I want to encourage you, there's gifts that God has given you, and God will give to you. That is there to be used. Not for your own benefit, but for the good of the people in this body and the church all over. So I'm trusting that there would be a stirring this morning, that we'd blow off the dust, that we'll shake off the dust, and that we'd feel the Spirit of God breathe over us and fan into flame the gift of God. Amen? Luke 11, verse 13, it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit if you ask Him for it? God wants to give us the promise of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that come along with it. James 1, verse 17, it says, For every good and perfect gift comes from above. Now, unfortunately, there's churches that teach us that the gifts of the Spirit aren't active anymore. Many churches are actually teaching that, preaching that, holding to that line. And it's actually ridiculous because the burden of proof in Scripture actually shows that the gifts are for today as well. If you look at church history, they say there's no account in church history after the apostles, 
after the Bible was written. There's no accounts of people operating in the gifts. And you start to study and you realize there's ample stories and testimonies of people experiencing the Holy Spirit and seeing the gifts activated in their lives. Ample stories. And so what people believe, they, they call them cessationist or the belief is cessationism. It basically believes that the working of the Holy Spirit, as seen in the book of Acts and in the early church, has ceased, it come to an end. It has stopped. It was for that period of time only. And the gifts of the Spirit is not for today. They base this belief on this passage of Scripture. It's normally more conservative views, and it's, it's weird that they would have such a view and actually not read the whole context. So they base it on this Scripture. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, or perfection in another translation, what is in part disappears. So they referring to that completeness is referring to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. It's because this was written before that. So they say when Paul wrote this under the inspiration of the Spirit, he was referring to the book of Revelation that will come. And when that is complete, everything else will disappear. But then you read the rest of the Scripture. Because one of the basic principles of interpreting Scripture is actually reading the whole chapter to understand the context. All right? And a lot of the false doctrine is one or two Scriptures that they take and they build their whole belief on one Scripture. But you actually need to let the Bible interpret the Bible. And this is, not, this is just the next verse. <laughs> I actually interpret it. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, away, uh, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we only see in a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. This is referring to the second coming of Christ. And so up until that point, the gifts are still active. But it will cease when Christ will come. Because then we will leave, live in fullness. Majority of scholars say that from verse 11 refers to the second coming of Christ. Even though they hold <laughs> that the previous verse says something else. So just in context of that, it shows that it's until the end of time, end of this age. Another scripture is in Acts 2 verse 38. The Holy Spirit falls upon the people. Then the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God is being poured out. There's tongues of fire. People are, are praying in tongues. And then Peter addresses the crowd and he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, the people there, your children, and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. So do you think we are part of the far off? You know, we're not their children, but we're far off. So it shows you that the promise of the Holy Spirit, who He is and everything that He does, is for us as well. And so that's why you can see there's, and there's a number of other references that you can see, and we'll get to one later on as well, where you can't hold to this. Because the biblical proof, the testimony of Scripture says, it still ha will happen. The testimony of church history and through the age, it says that it's still happening. And my experience is that it's still happening. I've seen people that hold this view. And when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, suddenly the gifts started operating. And they held a cessationist view. We've got someone that leads a church in Netherlands, a 412 partner church. That church is exploding. I think they're planting their fourth congregation. 
It's just like, that's Netherlands, a stone reformed environment. They came to a conference not believing that the gifts are active. They're in worship, and the Holy Spirit falls on his wife first. On his wife. And he's like, what's happening here with her? Like, I'm, I'm in turmoil. And then God touches them. And that church is exploding. So if you look at that, and you look at the evidence from biblical church history, and even now, it's clear that the Spirit of God is still active. So let's look at the gifts and just read through the passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that we, well, you know that when you are pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to meet idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus because, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And you see there, verse 4 to 6, it speaks about the Trinity. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. And it says that, because there's gifts in Romans and later on in Corinthians, and it speaks about various gifts in Ephesians, and it all comes from God. Various persons of the Trinity distribute them, but it comes from God. So I'm going to just work through the scriptures bit by bit. So the first one, the gifts of the Spirit. Another translation says the supernatural gifts. The gifts are supernatural. The gifts are supernatural. People say, hey, sometimes it's a bit weird. Of course it will be weird. <laughs> it's above the natural. It's supernatural. And so I really believe God is calling us again and wanting to wake us up to the reality that we are not natural beings. We live in a natural body, but we serve a supernatural God. And we should trust Him for the supernatural. We should be trusting Him. And I do believe that God is calling us to live supernatural lives in this day and age. Then He says, do not be ignorant of the gifts. Do not be blasé about it. Take note. Don't be ignorant. Many people say, oh, we've seen the gifts misused. But just because there's misuse doesn't mean there should be no use. There should be correct use. And we should search the scripture and say, God, I want to be open for the Holy Spirit to call me. And I'm open to your gifts. And I'm going to explore them. I'm going to be open to them and not closed off. I'm not going to be ignorant and distant from it. I'm going to embrace it. And let me open myself to it. And it speaks about different kinds of gifts from the Holy Spirit. So there's different kinds of gifts. And God can give you one for a long period, or maybe He just gives you them randomly, as He sees fit. As we'll see later on then, that it's the Spirit that distributes as He wills. So He gives them as He determines. All He's looking for is an open vessel. He said, God, use me. God, use me. I'm open. I'm not going to be ignorant. I'm going to study. I'm going to be open to it. Would you fill me and use me whichever way you want? Beautiful thing about this passage of Scripture, you read in 1 Corinthians 12 about the gifts, in 1 Corinthians 14 about the gifts, and smack bam, they're in the middle. It's a chapter about love. And it's almost like, it's like this hamburger, the gift hamburger that God paints here, you know, in 1 Corinthians. There's the gifts, the gifts, and the patty. With the 
thick slice of cheese and bacon and avocado, guacamole, and jalapeno peppers. That's that good part. It's all about love. And that's why we want not to be ignorant. That's why we want to be open for the gifts of God. Because it's one way God demonstrates His love is as we encourage one another, as we bless one another. It's actually, if you open up yourself, it's saying, I love you, my brother and my sister. I want to open myself for the gifts that God can use me to be a blessing to you. Because it's not really about you, the gifts. It's for you. It's for you. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's not a fruit. It's not something that needs to be cultivated. It's something that God gives. Undeservedly. I didn't deserve a bike. I didn't even have it on my top three on my list. God gave. Because it's undeserved. He gives. He gives the gifts. It's not fruit that needs to be cultivated. It's not according to your merits, your intellectual ability. So it's not something, it's not a talent. It's not something that can be earned. It's something that He gives. And we need to have an open attitude and say, God, use me. I want to show love for my brothers and sisters. I'm open. And I won't be ignorant. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all the common good. So the manifestation, it's something that can be experienced with our senses. The Holy Spirit in us, we can't see Him. But when He manifests the gift through us, it's evident and we can see it with our senses. So the gift of God, the gift of God is not something eternal for you. Apart from the private gift of tongues, all the other gifts are for the body, for the common good of all, for the profit of all. That's why God gives the gifts. So we can be a blessing to one another. Isn't it beautiful? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? The mature? Yes, everyone. <laughs> the children? Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ can receive the gifts of the Spirit. And you might receive the gift and it might be laying dormant. Or maybe you're just saying, God, come and fill me again. I'm open for whatever you want to do. For the youth here, God wants to fill you and give you gifts to each one. To the junior youth, are they here? No, no, even them somewhere in the building. God wants to give them. I had my um, eldest, Leah. We were reading about the gifts, or it was in Sunday school somewhere. Um, they came out. And um, the one night he asked me, can he receive the gift of tongues? Like, yeah, I believe so. Let's ask God for it. That's all we need to do. So in bed, we pray for him that he would be filled with the Spirit of God. Explain to him that it's not, we're not asking for the gift. We're asking for the Spirit. And he distributes. We're not asking, we're not praying for people for the gift of tongues. We're praying that they would be filled with the Spirit and that he would release gifts. We didn't pray for tongues. We said we pray that God would fill you. That means you can prophesy. You can do working of miracles. But many times they would be filled with a gift of tongues. And it's something that the Holy Spirit gives you. And you can build up your faith. You can edify your faith as you pray to God. We prayed from that night in bed. And you received the Holy Spirit. You received the gift of tongues. And so it can be anyone. I think it's hunger. I've seen, I read a in a, in a passage, Artie Kendall, he's a Bible teacher. Um, him and his wife went to a church where he saw um, it was a, f- a five-point Calvinist, so someone that's very reformed. 
that was speaking in tongues and believed in the gifts of the Spirit. So he thought, okay, cool, this might be a safe bet because I like this guy's theology, he's teaching. So if he's open to the Holy Spirit, I'll, I'll go get him to pray for me. So he went, he went up to the guy, he asked that the guy pray for him, but he doesn't want this and he doesn't want that and it shouldn't happen like that. And he gave the guy five things that shouldn't happen, but he wants prayer. The guy prayed for me, nothing happened. He prayed for his wife. In the taxi on their way back, suddenly the Holy Spirit falls on his wife and his wife starts praying in tongues. And he's like, what is going on here? What is going on here? And he struggled with that because he thought something, but it happened to his wife. He knows his wife. He, know, he knew his wife's belief system. But he could see the fruit of a life with the Spirit in her life. She was filled. There was, she was open to it. She was open to it. He tried to figure it out. And, and I think many times children, that's just open. God wants to fill me with his Spirit. God wants to give me gifts. So, I want the gift. <laughs> so let's open up and be open to the gifts of God and allow Him to fill us. Um, we're going to go back to the various gifts. So I just want to skip that as we're going to go back to that. And then all these, that's the gifts up top, are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them once again, second time. It's an emphasis to each one as He determines, as He wills. He gives the gifts. The Bible says in, um, in the end of chapter 12 and in the beginning of verse 14, so just before and after the lovely patty of love, it says, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly desire. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. And he speaks about love. And then after love, he says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire. Eagerly. Desire it. Have a desire, have a passion, have a hunger for it. Ask God for it. Open up the gift and enjoy the gift. Use the gift. Eagerly, eagerly desire. And, and in some way it's an instruction to us. Just like love one another is an instruction, this is an instruction. Eagerly desire the gift. Eagerly desire. Everyone needs to desire. So what is the purpose of the gift? First and foremost, God wants you to be a channel that he wants to work through. It's for the common good of all, the profit of all. God wants you to be a channel. God wants to use every single one of you, each one. Would you be available for God to use you? We read there, it's for the common good of all. God wants us to live supernatural lives. So there's a call to a supernatural life with spiritual gifts, not just normal human abilities or talents. And lastly, it testifies to and confirms our faith in Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 4 to 8, Paul says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack in any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says that their gifts was a testimony to and a confirmation of their faith in Jesus Christ. And it will be until he returns. Once again, proof when he comes. In Hebrews 2 verse 4, it also speaks about the gifts confirming the testimony of Jesus Christ, the witness of Jesus Christ. So it shows that we belong to Jesus. 
as we open to the Holy Spirit and we see the promise of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's evident that our lives are being transformed and supernatural. And our faith in Jesus is true. I want to read through the various gifts and quickly just run through them as we come to an end. From verse 8. For the one is given words of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to the other prophecy, and to the other discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Nine gifts listed here. There's gifts listed in... um, in the 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, Romans 12, verse 6 to 8, and Ephesians 4, 11, there's more gifts mentioned there. But I just want to look at this line. So I just want to say for the Afrikaans people around here, there at the bottom, different kinds of tongues. When we speak about tongues in English, it's not a tongue in Afrikaans. Okay. I've heard some people asking for the chava van die tongue. Um, it's it's taller. Just, just, just for the Afrikaans people. Yeah. That weird moment where someone prays and you're like, oh. <laughs> so the first gifts of wisdom. Let's quickly run through them because I want to highlight them because I want us to desire something of this, especially to prophesy, Paul says. But I want us to be open to the gifts and say, God, this afternoon or this morning when we're going to pray, I'm going to be an open vessel. Won't you fill me? I'm going to eagerly desire. I want to be a vessel that you can use. I want to live a supernatural life. So will you come and fill me? I don't want to be ignorant. And so I want to encourage you to go do self-study and read through this again. But a word of knowledge is to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. So God gives you a specific word, a, a picture, something for someone else that you haven't heard of. A testimony, Carl and Jackie, we were in the AFM meeting. On my way driving to the, to the venue, I felt the Lord laid on my heart a pink bicycle. You remember that? God's said there's a here's a here's a, a male and this this word is for someone that is a male figure and god is saying pink bicycle you receive the pink bicycle and you're trying to drive ride this bicycle but it's just not getting anywhere and suddenly you submit to god and the bicycle turns into a motorcycle and there's no more effort you're going and so the word was god is wanting to tell you don't rely on your own effort Trust in him, and he'll get you forward. But it was a pink bicycle. So I go to the church meeting. And I say, this is what I feel the Lord is. Any males with a pink bicycle? <laughs> and um, they came. And they were trusting God for a specific situation with fostering. And someone gave them, for the boy, a pink bicycle. And nothing was working out. They tried everything, and nothing was working out. And then the word of the Lord was, submit to me. Rest in me. Don't try and do it in your own strength. And it ministered to them. It was specific for them. I didn't know who it was going to be or how it was going to fit in. But it's something that God spoke. I didn't even know they received a pink bicycle for someone. But God could touch their heart and speak to their hearts. And that's the word of knowledge. Just this moment. And so sometimes it feels like, oh, I really hope <laughs> this is correct. Because some of them can be weird. You'll miss it sometimes. I've shared a word of knowledge here sometimes, and it's like, tick, 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 tick. I've heard testimonies. I've seen it even here. I know some have shared 
word of knowledge where nothing, no one responded in the meeting. And then someone comes afterwards and says, you know what? Actually, I just didn't have the, the guts to stand up. I didn't have the confidence, but that was actually, I know exactly what you're speaking about. That's a word of knowledge. So share it. Look like a fool. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Because it's not about you. It's about the profit for all. And so don't stop. No, no use is also just as wrong as misuse. You want to correct use. And sometimes you miss it, but that's, you're going to grow and the Lord's going to teach you. Then there's word of wisdom. That's a divine answer. God gives you something specific, a word, for a certain solution of a particular situation or event. Discerning of spirits. That's when you are made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit or even when God is doing something. You can identify the spirit at work. That's not the gift of discernment. Because I've heard many times people say, I've got the gift of discernment and they discern the motives of people. It's actually judgment. That's not discernment. That's judgment. We're not called to discern motives. God can sometimes reveal something, but this is the gift of discernment of spirit. So when you pray for people, there's deliverance. You can actually realize, okay, cool, this is the spirit behind this. So let's pray into that and trust that God would set the people free of the spirit. Or sometimes you're here in worship and you can just discern, okay, this is weird, but this is God. And so it's discernment of spirit. Just going to run through them for the sake of time. Prophecy. It's a message or encouragement from God for another person. So you're the vessel and God gives you a specific word or a picture or something that speaks the heart and the mind of God for someone else. Prophetic word. Gift of tongues. I see in scripture that there's private tongues and there's public tongues. When there's a public tongue, last week we had Shimon rap a public tongue. I know for some that might be weird, but it never says in Bible how the tongue should be presented. So sometimes it can be in a song. And modern day songs sometimes sound like a rap. Just because sometimes we're comfortable with a classical tune, we accept that. But it can come in the form of a rap. Um, one of our older elders, Russell, he led a meeting once. And someone came up to him and said, I've got a rap. He wanted a, a prophetic rap. So he had a prophetic word in the form of a song, but the song was in the form of a rap. And he told him, I've got a rap. And then Russell said, no, just at lunch. I'm not hungry. <laughs> so not that rap. <laughs> That's the beauty of having various ages and demographics and people. It, it has various forms and it's creative. If you read the rest of First Corinthians 12, it actually speaks how the body has many different members. All different, but they all work together all in unity. Then there's a gift of faith. Oh, that, sorry, there's a, a public tongue. When there's a public tongue, the next gift, there's an interpretation of tongues. It says when you share a public tongue and there's no interpretation, you should go sit down in 1 Corinthians 14, and you should speak to God, because that's actually then a private tongue. But a public tongue needs to be interpreted. And that sometimes can be in a song or a word. But interpretation of a tongue is not a translation of it, it's interpreting the feel and the emotion and the message behind the word. It's communicating the sense of the word to the congregation. So sometimes you can have a long public tongue and a God declares he is holy. 
and that's the interpretation. And there's a witness like, that's the word of God, you know? And it's like, oh, but that was three seconds and that's ten seconds. Maybe there's another, there's additional interpretation. So it's not, it's not a translation, it's an interpretation. So it's expressing the understanding and the thought and the intent of the word. Many times you can see someone, it's like, a, you, can, you can experience as they share the tongue. It's like, it feels like God is just loving on us, it's gentle. And then the word comes and it's in a gentle way. Other times you feel the tongue is, like there's a sense of urgency. And you can hear the interpretation as well. It calls the church to some form of response and urgency. There's a gift of faith. Now this is different from saving faith. Saving faith refers to when you accept Jesus. This is that impartation where God fills you just with an injection, a sense of faith. Like, I've got faith for this. Like, I believe something will happen now. That is the gift of faith. You just know for a fact God is going to do what He wants to do, what He's laid on your heart. And there's gifts of healings that refers to people that, and at moment, refers a gift. And, and you know, God is going to heal someone. So if you receive a gift of healing, you can pray for someone and they will get healed. Some people have that at random times, they receive the gift of healing. Others walk in that quite permanently. Jonathan Conrad, that's going to minister here, he's got, he's evangelist with the gifts of healing. He prays for people and things happen. So he's got the gift of faith and the gift of healing. I remember I was on an outreach in Bloemfontein and we were in worship and we were praying for people and I felt there was a lady here that God wanted to heal. So I, I had that, just that injection of like God's going to heal this person. Received the gift of healing there. And I went to her and I asked her, can I pray for you? Are you sick? And she said, yeah, I don't, my hearing and my one ear is just pretty much gone. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I thought maybe it was a, a flu or something. But this is, this, is, this is real. And so, but I, I had faith. I, in that moment, I knew God's going to touch that person. So we prayed. And I'm, I'm, I was a youngster here. And so I want to share with you some of the wrestles. Because sometimes it just feels really strained, you know. Like, how do I do this? How do I pray? And I remember I've seen some things like click, click in the ear. And I, I pray. And I'm like, I'm going to click in your ear. And um, if you hear, you just tell me. And so I click in the ear. And she's like, oh, I, I just heard that. Okay, um, let me just do another test, <laughs> just to make sure. But God touched her and healed her. Healed her. I remember youth camp, we had this sense, someone came and said, God wants to heal people. And one lady had a broken ankle. She had a boot on. She came, prayed for her, God touched her midway through the camp. The rest of the camp, she was running around without shoes, because she only brought one shoe. Going home, the parents came to pick her up. The boots and their arms. The parents were like, what? Gift of healing. In that moment, God comes and he heals. And the working of miracles. Different from gift of healings. It's miracles. I remember at, at one of these youth camps as well. And we 400 kids and we're going to dish up food. And um, one of the leaders came into the kitchen. And um, the, of course, Tani. Tani making the food. He's like, we don't have enough food. There's really not enough food. I don't know, what, I don't know what, how it happened, how we got our mass wrong. I just don't know. And the leader just felt in that moment, faith come. And he's like, let's pray for multiplication of food. They prayed for multiplication of food. We dished up for those 400 kids, and we had leftovers. Someone just in that moment. I couldn't have, in that moment, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, you know, 
can we, can we, how much money do we have left? Can we get someone to go to the pick and pay? We need an extra half an hour for them, hour. I guess we've got a late. So I was trying to work out how we're going to get the, I didn't have the gift of working with miracles there, the gift of faith there. Someone else had. We saw God move. We saw God move. Bible school as well, we get someone come and testify. Uh, he was ministering somewhere and um, he didn't have fuel in his car. And so he didn't have water, nothing there. And he just felt in that moment, if he wheezes in his tank now, God will turn that into fuel. That's what he felt. He went in his car. And he got his destination and back to the petrol station after standing still with his car. So obviously at a Bible school class, I think the person, I'm not sure if he's here today, but he's in this church. Um, him and his friend, um, they felt, hey, that guy said, because they, 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 they went to go do something in Paul and got stuck without petrol, Okay. So they had lack of planning, lack of the student guys. They didn't have planning. So they're like, oh, yeah, that guy said that. Let's do that. Let's, let's have a double portion and we both go. The vehicle didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it didn't happen. And so many times what we can do is we can say, okay, cool, it worked there. So I'm going to just now pray for my food at home to multiply. And I'm just going to buy one bread a week and then just, just because that... And so that's not the gift of working of miracles or the gift of faith. That's just trying to copy. But um, this gift, when God gives, it's something that He deposits. It's an activation. And there's, it's, 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 there's, there's faith to it. There's, there's something unique to it. You can feel the activation of God in your life. And so in 2 Timothy 1-6, it says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. And now I want to pray that God would come and fan into flame that in our hearts. That we'd be open for that. And just say, God, we're here. You know, we we two, three hundred people here in a small... God, we're here for a reason. We're not just here to do church services. We're here for a reason and we want to open. Fill us. Fan into flame the gifts. We want to be a blessing to one another and to many that you'll send our way. You don't need the microphone to be active with your gift. We can share our gifts in the coffee shop before and after. It's like, hey, I feel this. Can I pray for you? Hey, I've got the gift. I felt that God gave me a faithful healing, and I see you in a cross. Can I pray? And if it doesn't work out, we continue. We continue. And we trust the Holy Spirit to lead us. And then a community. Stir up the gifts, fan into flame. When you gather, one as a hymn, one as a song, one as a prophecy, stir up the gifts that fan into flame. And I brush steak every now and then just throw a bit of olive oil over the burning coals. Just throw a bit of flame. So I can flame grill it for a while. That oil, when that oil touches the warm coals, fans it into flame. And let's trust that the Holy Spirit will come down like oil. And just fan into flame something in our hearts. Amen? Amen? So if you want that, Ingrid, can you come and if you want that, don't you want to stand with me and say, God, I want to eagerly desire. Come and fan into flame these gifts in my heart.